0: here's what's coming up on today's show. This week on the podcast, we have some listener questions submitted through the website and they might relate to you. So let's get started. Welcome to Marsha on Money with Marsha Harris, the founder and CEO of Unified Wealth and Retirement
1: Planning.
2: Hey everybody! Welcome into Marsha on Money. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Marcia Harris from Unified Wealth and Retirement. And as mentioned, we've got some email questions, some listener questions that folks have sent in to the website and the podcast. So we've only done a few episodes so far—about ten or twelve in, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. But great to be getting some feedback. So Marsha and I are gonna dive through some of these. Marsha, I'll read them out to you. I know you've already looked at them, obviously, since they came in, but I'll read them out to you for the listener side of things and then let you break these down for us. But how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to chatting with you once again. We're into October. So it is a uh, witchy season coming up pretty pretty soon. Pumpkin spicy. Are you pumpkin spice kind of person? Oh,
0: pumpkin everywhere, right?
2: Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy even it? Even
0: things that don't sound very good as pumpkin. I there's don't know. There's some uh, weird
2: ones too, yeah.
0: It, there's it's yeah. I think it's a little a little overkill a little at this overkill. point. Yeah. But you know, it was it was hard for me to see Christmas already at Hobby Lobby over Man, the weekend. That thank was you, right?
2: interesting. I even saw a commercial on television. <sighs> A Christmas commercial in September. Uh, I'm like, ay-ay-ay-ay-ay. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Is, no,
0: it's it's just, yeah, no, it's not right. It's okay. not right. We're not even to Halloween. No, yet, we're people.
2: not. Come All on. right. So I don't oh, know. No. I, I don't know if this was a goof or what, but uh I kid you not. I saw a thing for pumpkin spice flavored sushi. Ew. What?
0: Okay.
2: All right that now doesn't we've gone sound
0: enticing at no, all.
2: We have gone way off the rails. So <laughs> yes. what is uh, yeah? You know, what's indeed. the weirdest one, folks, you've heard uh, from a pumpkin spice standpoint? See so if you can beat that. Uh, if that's the case, drop us a line, shoot us an email, Ooh, whatever the case is. I don't know if you can top I don't sushi. Know. I don't know. But we'd tough. love to hear from you. So if you if that's the case, uh, shoot shoot Marsh an email, let us know which one you've heard for Pumpkin Spice yes, at yes. Uh, unifiedwealthplanning.com. <laughs> All right. So again, and while you're there, drop us an email right to the show. So if you're if you're joining the podcast and you got a question, that's kind of the point from time to time. We'll do these as different things come in. We'll get a couple together uh, and we'll just talk through some of these because we'll try to find ones that I think Marsha might relate to a lot of other people who might be in similar situations. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that way you can kind of hopefully provide a useful nugget or two of information to get them thinking about some things. Now, as always, you can't really – I know financial advisors could always say it depends to just about every question that's posed to them until they mm-hmm. really go through the details. <laughs> uh, but just do your best to kind of give some thought, uh, you know, some trains of thought anyway, okay? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'll let's, give it my best shot. Give it your best shot. Right. So let's start with uh, – we got one from Gwen. Gwen sent one in. So if you're listening, this is your question. She says, uh, Marsha, my house is paid off already. And I'm about to sell it and downsize to a condo that's about a hundred grand cheaper. So, should I take the extra money uh, I make during the transition and go into the market with it, or something else? Maybe. What's some thoughts there?
0: Ooh, well, that's
2: a great question. I think difficult to
0: say. Kind of, kind of along the lines of your <laughs> <It> depends, depends. <laughs> uh, reference. Yeah, depends on the age, right, and what her.
2: She didn't tell financial us that's needs true. are. She
0: didn't tell us. So yeah. we, what I would say to someone like this, um, if I were responding to this email, for instance, as mm-hmm. I do sometimes, then there are more questions that I would have. And one of those would be, what is her age? Assuming, let's just say, maybe we pick an age, and let's say that, say that Gwen is, you know, still working, depending on her risk tolerance, mm-hmm. you know, is the market a place to be for some of that money? Potentially, does she plan to use any of that money in the near future? you know, what type of, what type of return does she want to get on that money? You know, mm-hmm. right okay. now inflation's running at eight, 9%. So, you know, what are her long-term goals? If she's planning to, let's say she is working, she's not planning on touching this money for quite some time and she has, you know, a risk tolerance for the market, mm-hmm. then certainly that's that's something that could be explored. Well, we could play
2: um, We could play devil's advocate since she didn't yeah, tell us. Yeah, let's do that.
0: And say, let's okay, so
2: she's got hundred grand that she's going to pocket from this. So first thing, Gwen, do you have enough of an emergency fund set up, right? So do mm-hmm. you have some cash set aside? We're going to maybe assume, if if her first thought was to go to the market with it, I'm going to assume that she probably has a decent emergency fund. She may be still working. Maybe her debt situation is pretty good, right? I think all those things, if you're checking those boxes, sure, mm-hmm. how to invest it and what kind of rate of return. Might be a great question. But Marsha, maybe she doesn't have those. Maybe she didn't think about that. Maybe she needs to pay off debt. Like, what would the, you know, how does that change the standpoint? Right.
0: Exactly. I mean, what is the goal in going in the market? I think is always a good question for people, too, because the more that people think about, you know, what their expectation is on the growth, Mm -hmm. sometimes they realize that maybe that isn't the best place. I've had people say to me, you know, more than once, oh, I would be happy if I could get three or 4% a year. Well, you know, if you can do that in other things without risk, then maybe that's a conversation Good point. instead of yeah. should we just put everything out there and hope for the best. So
2: that's a great. I point. think
0: it really just depends on the person. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and what do you need to drive the plan? Right. So I guess, Gwen, do you have a strategy and a plan in place if you do and you're just adding this extra money in there and you're already making what you need, you know, to make uh, on a rates of return to make your plan work? You know, that maybe some more safety is something to think about. So lots of ways to you know tons yeah, of ways. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because the unnecessary risk part, right? Mm-hmm. To get a certain reward. I mean, we'd like to achieve that reward with as little to no risk as possible, yeah. I always say. So yeah. why take you know unnecessary risk if if you really don't have to.
2: <laughs> I think if this had been in 19, 18 or 19 or even maybe even 20 when the market mm-hmm. was straight up uh <laughs> it might have been a less risky proposition. Uh but yes. 22 has proven anything to be uh you know uh, but steady. <laughs> it's been That's right. fairly well right. So definitely go ahead and get a good I mean great position to be in. Uh, first and foremost mm-hmm. kudos. Uh, you're in a good mm-hmm. position. Just definitely if you're not if you don't have a plan, you're not working with a professional. Definitely check one and check in with one and, and talk with someone. And if not, Marsha, someone, right? We we say all the time on the show uh, that this is not designed to turn every listener into a client. It's simply just to say, hey, here's some information. Uh, definitely sit down with a qualified professional. But Marsha is available if you need her, of course. And you've already started by reaching out, so. Uh, great point. All right, let's see what uh, what's we got. Grace, uh, Grace has got a question for you. She says, "Marcia, I'm in a second marriage, and both my my husband and I both second ma- second marriage. Excuse me, we file a joint tax return, but we keep all our other financial matters separate." Do you think that's okay, or does that make retirement planning more complicated? That's a great question, Marcia, because I'm actually in the same boat. Mm. Um, so talking about relating, so my wife and I are the exact same way. So we keep everything is completely separate except for our tax returns, and then of course both of us are on the house. Does that make it more complicated? Does your make your job more complicated? It can, yeah. It,
0: it yes, in situations where. Couples, um, and and I've experienced this with clients where we have second marriages, and they do everything separately, even their appointments they keep separate. Then I also have clients who are in the same situation, but they attend appointments together. So in that sense, it's a little more cohesive, right? People are tend to be more on the same page, even if things are held separately you are aware of what's going on with the other person right kind what of, you
2: need to be for sure I would say you got to have a team you got to have a plan as a team yeah. I would think right
0: you do you do because if you, without really having the whole picture what happens if that time comes when it's inevitable right I mean we're, we're all going to die at some point so if that <laughs> right. happens and the spouse predeceases you and you have no idea where anything is. Um, if you don't know how things are titled, if you don't know if there are beneficiary designations on those accounts, or if there are who the beneficiary is, um, it makes the estate planning process really difficult. And the last thing that you want to endure when you're already you know, going through, obviously, you know, the emotional aspect of the loss is then this whole financial situation that's kind of Maybe fallen in your lap yeah. and you really don't know what to do.
2: Can you do a can you do a um a married uh, financial strategy even if people have separate? I mean, I, I would think you could, right? Because you still, you know, you're, you one person has a four hundred one k from their job and another mm-hmm. one has a 401 k from their job. So just because they have separate bank accounts and they do separate things financially, I would think that's not that big. Ultimately, that's not as, that big a deal as long as they're working together on the same retirement plan. Does does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And yes, we can absolutely do that and have done that. It's, um, you know, it's really just a matter of, you know, making sure that people are informed yeah. about what the intentions uh, and goals are of the other spouse. Um, I think
2: a lot of times it comes down to the kids from a prior marriage, right? That's it usually, does usually. That's yes, the, yeah. exactly.
0: I was just going to say that. Typically, that's what I see is, um, you know, there might be some assets that are the spouse either spouse is leaving to the other, but generally the other children from the prior marriage mm-hmm. are the primary recipients of, of assets. It's usually a combination, though, of yeah. those two. Preacher. So, yeah, very very doable. I mean, it's very doable.
2: I think the um, big question I have, so I would say to you, Grace, because I'm doing this exact thing, is mm-hmm. does it work for you guys, right? So you're asking, is it mm-hmm. okay, or should you do things differently? I will say this. Of all the things married couples fight about, right, the top two are, are money and and usually the love life, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the two that people tend to fight over. That's the one thing my wife and I do not fight over is money because it's separate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's together, but it's separate. I mean, I, she talks to me, I talk to her, we communicate great on that, but she has her bills and she has her income and she does. And she's, you know, if she wants to go buy something, I, I it's not my place to, to talk to her about it because it's her money. So I think from that standpoint, it works for us and we never fight about it. So I think that can kind of, kind of go a long way too. What do you, what do you think?
0: It can. And I, I agree. I think, um, you know, you just have to figure out what works for you. Some people are very much on the same page with their thoughts. Communication
2: definitely key. has to be.
0: And just their feelings about money, Yeah, you know, because if you have, if you have a couple who, um, have very different thoughts and behaviors with respect to their money, one is a a spender and the other is a saver, Mm -hmm. then obviously that can create a lot of discord. So true, true. in those situations, and if you're keeping finances separate, yeah. sometimes that's yeah. it's a good thing, you right. know. Um, so you just have to, you know, figure out what works best in in yeah. your situation. But I, I'm I, certainly, I always <laughs> love to help people kind of find their way through that.
2: Absolutely, you know, I always see we'll see little funny beams or something. You'll see something like, uh, you know, guys saying, uh, you know trying to hide the the purchase of a new golf club driver uh from the missus or whatever and my wife will see and i will see those things and we'll laugh and she's like we don't have those problems you know I, I it's not golf clubs for me but she's like if you buy a new guitar she's like there's not really much i can say about it you know in, right. in, uh, in whatever the case is so at least yeah. it kind of avoids that stuff so i i think it's from as long as you guys are communicating grace i don't think there's anything wrong with it just make sure that if you are working towards retirement goals that you guys are doing it together like marsha said i think going separately that's a that's bad juju for retirement goals i think you guys got to do those things together
0: yeah i agree i think certainly i mean if you're if you know if this is your spouse and you've made a a commitment to doing life together right Right, i think being being in the same room talking about your finances even if they're not shared you know i think that's that's kind of a given and and it certainly will make things easier
2: And on each of you when that time comes makes your life easier as their professional financial professional and it makes should make their life easier as well although you know i talked to advisors all across the country marcia and even married couples who have everything together financially, and Grace is for you as well. Uh, I, I don't know how many times they come in and say, uh, first time sitting down with a, a couple planning for retirement, and it's like, do you guys even talk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to sit down on the same page. So uh, it, could, certainly, quite common, yeah, yeah. it could certainly be worse. So great question, Grace. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And of course, you know, with any of these, Marsh is obviously going to reach back out to folks already. But If you do have some questions or you'd like to reach out to her, stop by our website, unifiedwealthplanning.com, and drop us a line. Here's the last one this week on the show, Marsha. It's from Donald, and he says, Marsha, I'm not retiring for a couple more years, but I am turning 62 next month, so I can turn on the Social Security, of course. My question is, should I go ahead and turn it on and use the extra income from it because I don't need it to pay off the house sooner? That's a great question. It is a great he's got, question. He's got a plan. <laughs> um,
0: yes, yes, yes. okay. So the first thing that comes to mind when talking about filing for social security early, which you know we're eligible at 62, that's considered early retirement by social security standards, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to continue to work, you have a threshold uh, of income that you can make
2: yeah actually, that's a great point, Marcia. So first thing, I guess Donald, are you thinking about that? if he says he wants to work for a few more years but retiring could he could turn it on? what is it like nineteen five or something like that? I think right around twenty grand is all you can make, and then after that there's some penalties that come with uh with doing that, yeah. correct?
0: Yeah, I think it's oh, 19680, okay. 860. I right, might have right those of, numbers yeah. transposed, but right under 20,000. Right under 20,000. Okay. Yeah, that's the, what they call the earnings test. So you can earn up to that. Mm-hmm. And then anything over that, Social Security is going to withhold $1 for every $2 of your benefit.
2: Yeah. So, so take that into account, right? In case he wants yeah, to keep working.
0: Yeah, because then you're also, you know, if his full retirement age is 66, he's going to have a benefit that's reduced 25% for turning yeah. it on at sixty two. Yeah. And that's, you know, locked in for life. Right. And then if he's earning over the earnings test and they're withholding benefits, it, it just may not make sense. For him at all to do that. I mean, I like the
2: idea of thinking he wants to pay his house down sooner. So I think that's a great idea, right? Sure. Uh, But maybe this isn't the, and maybe it is, but maybe it's not the resource to pull the money from. So I guess the first question for Donald would be, Marsh, if I'm, if I'm taking this right, is, you know, what are you making, right? So if you're, if you're making more than 20 grand a year and you plan on retiring, working for a few more years, which you said, he says he does, then maybe right off the bat, that kills that plan, that that strategy right there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the first question. Is you know how much are you making? If it's, you know, if it's not much over the earnings test, and it's really important to him to to have that mortgage, you know, paid off by the time he retires. So again, I guess I would, you know, we would need to know the amount of the mortgage as well. Is that even something that he's going to be able to achieve? you know, based on what his benefit is going to be every month. Can he do that in the next few years? Yeah,
2: that's a good point. Um, Well, so many people right now have been doing this idea of wanting to pay the house down, and that's great. But as a financial professional, your job is to kind of identify the best places and the best way to take the money from where, right, to be as efficient with this as possible. Because some people, we've seen things where they're like, oh, okay, I owe like a 100 grand left on the house, let's say, or 80 grand or something like that. And I've got it in my retirement account. I'll just pull it Mm -hmm. from there and pay it off. And it's like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) You could be causing Mm -hmm. yourself a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. to think about, right? Are you old enough to take it without, you know, the penalty? Plus, you got to pay the taxes. Now you're also taking away the earnings potential of that money in the market. You know, so there's like, same. I would imagine that same question goes into Social Security.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, I, I do... I really enjoy doing social security planning with people because it's just not something that I have found that a lot of people spend much time trying to navigate. Right, you know, yeah. they sort of, they make that decision many times um, before they really have a lot of the information that might cause them to make a different decision. It's kind of in a vacuum, right?
2: We we view it like I have stuff and then, oh yeah, I have social security. Like it's mm-hmm. its own other thing, you know, versus mm-hmm. how it works co- uh, cohesively within a, a strategy. And it really can, right, Marsha?
0: Oh, for sure. If, if there's a way that, you know, you've accumulated assets, but the whole point behind doing that and the saving that we do, hopefully, as we're working and we're growing our money, hopefully, and you're building up this nest egg that will, you know, go towards sustaining you in retirement. I mean, that's why you're doing all that is so that you have these assets to help you live the retirement lifestyle you want. And Mm -hmm. if that means that you can maybe utilize those assets for a while and delay taking social security, because in your situation, it makes the most sense for you, then certainly that's worth exploring. And we want to see if we can help you do that. It's not for everyone. You know, there are people that, you know, once we look at all of the facts, we, you know, agree that probably taking at age 62 makes the most sense for them but then we also have other people who waiting until maximum retirement age so right. that they get the greatest benefit of 70 makes the most sense for them. And then you have a lot of people in between those two ages. So it really is, it's different for everyone. And that's why it's, you know, so important to at least know the options and have all the facts and see how maybe it could work for you. And, and then you just can have a lot of confidence when you do decide which way you're going to go.
2: Yeah. And it sounds like Donald probably doesn't need the money since he's wanting to use it just to pay the mortgage down. So, turning it on early like I think for most advisors will say hey look if you need it you need it and that's why turning it on early makes the most sense just about any other reason whether it's something like the government's it's going to run out or they owe me or you know or whatever Mm -hmm. typically is not the best reason so do the break point the break even point see when the best time to do it often it's full retirement age 66, 67 depending on your birthday Mm -hmm. Um, and then that way you can kind of maximize it's great you know return of, of your money so yeah Donald I would say you know buddy definitely if you're if you're working with an advisor, run that scenario past them. If you're reaching out for a second opinion or or looking to talk, then, you know, definitely have a conversation with Marsha as well on that. But it may not be the best move. um, And there could be other strategies that work better for paying down the house. So, but still, hey, paying down the house, that goes a long way. I I understand wanting to be debt-free in retirement. So great point there. All right. Yeah,
0: I think we we all want that, right? In a a perfect world, we retire. and We don't have that mortgage payment anymore. That's like been such a weight for... 30 plus years um but you know yep. going about getting to that place is you know all about being strategic mm-hmm. and just you know, wanting to do it in the best possible way. That's
2: yep. all. Efficiency. Oh, and don't forget about the yes. so, the the fact that depending on what you make, Donald, your tax social security can be taxed up to eighty-five percent of the benefit as well. That's right. So Excellent point. Yes. Don't, don't forget about that as well, buddy. So yeah, good strategy goes a long way. So if folks you know what to do if you're interested and you want to talk to Marcia, she is here. As always, just reach out to UnifiedWealthplanning.com. That is unifiedwealthplanning.com. But don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you catch new episodes as they come out. Out when Marsha and I talk about various topics and uh, hopefully you dig those. And if so, just hit that little heart button on whatever platform you use. Or again, just stop by her website, unifiedwealthplanning.com. Marsha, thanks for hanging out as always. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a lovely start to your October.
0: Hey, you as well. This was fun. Thanks, yeah,
2: Mark. Absolutely. We'll do some more in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. And we'll see you next time here on Marsha on Money with Marsha Harris, founder and CEO, investment advisor representative at Unified Wealth and Retirement.
1: The opinions expressed by Marsha Harris and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Unified Wealth Planning are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial financial strength, and claims paying ability of the issuer. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A, page 4, for additional information.